Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. God, you have given us your church. You've given us your church to to grow, to grow in our hearts, to grow in our spirits, to grow in our relationship with you. But you've also given us your church to share. So God, as we move through this time where we talk about stewardship, as we move through this time, to see how we can continue to forward the mission that you have given us to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We ask for your words. We ask for your spirit to be with us and to allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, that is probably, I think, uh, the best baseball movie ever. And it's definitely my best, my favorite baseball movie. You know, if you're familiar with that story, Ray, uh, played by Kevin Costner, he hears this voice that tells him, if you build it, He will come. And the whole movie revolves around that premise. And it was like 1986, 87, or maybe even before that, so hopefully I'm not doing any spoilers here. (laughs) You you never know. But through this movie, there's all of these steps that take place where then Ray gets this, this baseball field built out and all of these ghost from baseball past, uh, arrive and they start playing. And, you know, it comes down to uh, that pivotal scene. And, and Ray's like wondering, what's, why did I do all of this? If, if I can't go through the field and, and see what's out there where you all disappear to every single time you go through the corn, then, then what's in it for me? kind of uh, sums up maybe how we are in our own lives, aren't we? We, we? we see all of the things happening around, at least, at least I know I do. We see the ways that our, our, our money's being used, and, and we see all of these different things, and we go, well, what's in it for me? What, what really is in it for, for me? What am I going to get out of this. And I think sometimes that mentality slips into our church too, doesn't it? Where we look at all the things going on and, and, and the way that uh, we see uh, the tithes and offerings come in or we see people giving their uh, time to, uh, to volunteer at the church and the question comes up again. Well, 
What's in it for me? How does that make us secure? How does that make us followers of Jesus Christ? If we look in Scripture, and look especially in the Gospels, there are a few times where the question, what's in it for me, comes up. The first time it comes up is Jesus is sharing this parable about a, uh, a rich man who has a, a whole bunch of stuff. And I know I've preached on this before, but it's just such a powerful reminder for us. He, he sees all of this stuff, and, and he starts to think about what he's going to do with all of his stuff. And as he's thinking, he comes across these words in Luke 12 where he says, What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And then I will store my surplus grain. And then I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat. Drink and be merry. And then... His life is taken of him that evening. What happened to all of his stuff? What good was all of that collecting? What good was all of that, that hoarding? It did no one any good. You know, recently we've had several celebrities who have passed away and have heard stories about how they had no will or testament. And you hear of all of this fighting back and forth about what's going to happen with their stuff. And the fact of the matter is, friends, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. And when it all comes down to it, it really doesn't matter. But if we have this mentality of what's in it for me, then we fail to see the blessing that all of our stuff can do for others. In the book of Matthew, Jesus shares another parable about a king who is gathering together people on his left and on his right. And on the right are the, the sheep, and on the left are the goats. And as he is doing this, he, he replies and, and shares with them about all of the things they could have Done. A matter of fact, when, when we had Graydon's service here this past week, I used this passage because he was a member of our church and he had that mentality of someone who eagerly gave to others. Jesus looked at those on the right, the, the sheep, and he said, Blessed are you. You're, you are going to come into the kingdom because when you saw someone you gave them something to eat. When you saw somebody sick or in prison, you, you fed them, you, you visited them. When you saw somebody naked, you gave them clothing. But then they replied, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? Then he will answer, I assure you that when you haven't done it for one of the least of these, you haven't done it for me. See, when we have the opportunity to use our resources to bless others, 
then we in turn bless God. Now these are difficult words sometimes. It's they're difficult words because we want to hold on to what we have. But Jesus also gives us an answer for that too, doesn't he? In uh Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, Jesus says, All who want to come after me must say to themselves, Take up their cross daily and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who lose their lives because of me will save them. Now you may be going, Come on, Pastor, you're really getting kind of harsh here. And yeah, I know. But sometimes, whenever I'm getting harsh, you may have to realize that I'm getting more harsh on me than I am on anyone else. Because I know that there are times where I want to go in protection mode. And I want to make sure that everything around me is safe and secure. But as Jesus says, the only security that we can fully live in is the security that we have from God. And when we live in that security, we are then called to use the gifts that God has so graciously given us. See, God has given each and every one of us a gift, both for the world around us and for our community. And when we take time to use those gifts, when we take time to identify those gifts that we have, we are truly a blessed community. Our scripture for today is from Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. And and it gives a list of these gifts that each and every believer is given. Now, we're not given every single one of these gifts. That's why we're the body of Christ. The gifts that we have are meant to to pull each other together so that we can be a full blessing to the world around us. When we use these gifts together, then we are able to combat that what's in it for me mentality and start thinking about how can I use what God has given me to bless others. Our scripture is from Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, and I invite you to follow along with these words on the screen. Paul writes, we have many parts in one body, but the parts don't all have the same function. In the same way, though there are many of us, we are one body in Christ, and individually we belong to each other. We have different gifts that are consistent with God's grace that has been given to us. If your gift is prophecy, you shall prophesy in proportion to your faith. If your gift is service, devote yourself to serving. If your gift is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If your gift is encouragement, devote yourself to encouraging. The one giving should do it with no string attached. And the leader shall lead with passion. The one showing mercy should be cheerful. So this leads to us where we are today. You know, many of you are blessed, and many of you are gifted in so many different ways by, by serving, by teaching, by, by encouraging. 
by leading. And as we become part of this congregation, we share in these membership vows that we hold dear and hold close to ourselves on how we can serve each other and serve the church through these vows. The very first vow that we talk about is about holding the church with your prayers. Prayer is so important, and I am thankful to be a part of the, a church that knows and believes that prayer is important. I think I've had at least six or seven times this week, a couple of times even this morning, where I had congregation members come up to me and say, Pastor Chris, we are praying for you. We are praying for you because we know how difficult it can be to lead a church, especially in, in the, the world that we're in now. So I covet those prayers, and I want you to know that every single morning and evening, I pray for all of you because I see the blessing that you have from God that, that is able to pour out into my life, into Tracy's life, and able to pour out into the lives of others. So I encourage you, my friends, continue to lift each other up in prayer. The second vow that we make is that we'll uphold the church with our presence. And y'all are holding that, into your, your, that end of your bargain up this morning, especially with how bad the weather is. And I'm not talking bad about the people who aren't here. Please understand that, especially if you're watching on Facebook Live this morning. I'm not talking bad about you, but there are times where you just need to be here. You just need to be a part of this community to help you make one step in front of another. And you know, we have grown so much as a congregation over the past two years. I was looking at uh, one of the natural dividing lines that we have in the church is what we call the appointed years. And, and what I mean by that, that goes from July of one year to, to June the next, because as United Methodist clergy, we are appointed from July to June, and then we pray that we get appointed the next year and the next year and the next year. But uh, when I looked at the numbers from uh, July 2017 to, July, to June 2018, can you believe that we have grown as a congregation by 17% in worship? That is just amazing. And just in 2018 alone, we have another uh, Join the Church Sunday that's going to come up here in a couple of weeks in October, but we have welcomed 34 new adults into the life of our church. We have confirmed nine young youth, one of them sitting right back here, to be a part of our church. Last week, we had and had the joy to celebrate seven baptisms just right out here outside of our church. See, that is a sign that people are seeing the love and grace of Jesus Christ right 
here at Royce City First United Methodist Church. And I am thankful for your presence. I am thankful for your witness as we continue to reach out. So we have our prayers, we have our presence, and we have our gifts. I don't know if you remember this or not, but when I got here in 2016, one of the things that I kept hearing before I got here was that we were a poor church. We had no money whatsoever. I mean, our hands were just so tight around everything that we had. But again, looking at appointed years from, from, June, from July of 2016 until June of 2018, our giving has increased. By, by my records, and Nancy might be able to help me with this a little bit more, by 22%. You know, when I got here, we were barely giving, uh, we were giving under $200,000 a year, but now we are over $360,000 a year. And that's because of how we talk about being generous. About what we have isn't ours, but it all belongs to God. And we are just called to be stewards of God's gifts. That follows by service. Prayers, presence, gifts, and service. I love being a part of a church that loves to serve. Whether it's helping our kids on Wednesday nights in jam or with a vacation Bible school during the summer, uh, we have uh, groups that meet to do crafts, that share them with uh, the rehab center and other places. We have uh, going out to Davis Elementary and helping serve there and, and supporting the teachers of that awesome elementary school. See, all of these ways that that we can serve, you know, 11 of us going to uh, Labors for Neighbors to help out Hurricane Harvey later in, in November. The church has left the building. I mean, you can go on and on of all of the ways that we serve. It gives light to what Jesus has done as he came into the world in John 1, 5, that it says the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness will not overcome it. When we serve, we are that light into a dark and desperate world. And then finally, the last vow that we promise is that we will be a witness. We will share about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You know, one thing that I know for sure that each and every one of us has a story to tell. We have a story to tell about how God's love has affected us. We have a story to tell about how a neighbor has reached out and helped us, or how we have reached out and helped our neighbors. It is our task as a church to share what God is doing so that more people can experience God's love in and through us. So, over the next two weeks, you're going to hear more. 
you're going to hear more stories about how we can be secure in our faith enough to, to let our hands be open with, with, with all that we have so that we can serve God. I'll, I'll give you kind of a little bit of a guideline of what will happen next week. We'll have a, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have our uh, ministry budget for next year. It's kind of an estimate because it hasn't been fully passed by church council yet, but it's an estimate of where we're looking at going for 2019. But you'll have that. You'll get a chance to see and glimpse again through the missions and the ministries of our church. But then you'll get two cards. One card is your giving card that we invite you to do an estimate of giving for 2019. How will you bless the church through your tithes and your offerings? And the other card that we pass out is just as important. And I have your prayers, your presence, your service, and your witness on that card. How will you Use the gifts that God has given you to, to pray for the church, to, to be a part of the body of Christ, to serve where God is calling you to serve, and to witness, to share with others this great love of Jesus Christ. And I pray that as you take that card, you, 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 you pray over them. And you talk about it in your house to see how God can use your household to be a witness of love and grace for the world around us.